yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still here after all these years, after all these tears I shed. Welcome back to I'm Still Here. I'm Larry. And I'm Heather. In 1998, I was diagnosed with stage 4 breast cancer at the age of 26. It changed everything for us, but I'm still here. Yes, you are. Um, today, we are going to be talking about our family. Um, many people have uh, wondered uh, about family and the things that go with that. Um, so we're going to be sharing us and what we went through and what happened Yeah. Um, and go from there. Yeah. I will just start by saying, you know, we um, we were we've said this before, but 26 and 28 when when I was diagnosed and um, our daughter, Sydney, was 14 months old. And so we were, <laughs> we're pups. We were so young. I mean, we were so young. And we, and had, we realize that now because our daughter is 24. Yeah. And we go, oh, gosh. Right. And we oh. hadn't put a lot of thought into even kind of our, you know, what our family would look like, but we knew that we wanted to have multiple children and, and that kind of stuff. And then cancer came along. And, um, and with that, there was no more opportunity. Well, because of the treatment that you got. Well, yeah, I remember. It's just different today. It is different today. I, there's a few factors with Mm -hmm. that. Um, but I, the, yeah, I think it was actually the first time that we talked with Dr. Mariver. My mom was in the room as mm-hmm. well, and um, she asked if we planned on. Dr. Mariver asked if we planned on having more children, and we just kind of looked at each other. <laughs> We're like, we didn't know. I mean, the first one went well, but, but. Um, but yes, we were. But we were. But anyway, my mom, I remember my mom answered that question for us. Yes, you were planning on having more children. Mm-hmm. We kind of said, oh, yeah, we were. And and she said, that's not going to be, that's not going to be a possibility. Um, and it's, I just feel. And I don't know about, how, how, I mean, at that point, hard to go back in time, I get it. Mm-hmm. At that point, what were your it didn't, thoughts and feelings? <laughs> It didn't matter. I mean, that's honestly, I, that's it here. didn't matter at I don't the like, time. I don't give a shit. Yeah. The, well, just because, again, you're talking my life over a, a potential, yes. whatever. They, there was no conversation or no consideration of that. Now, yeah. I will say over the years, oh, mm-hmm. it has been such a source of mm-hmm. um, just sadness for me. Um, not because, I mean, I love our family and the way that it turned out. I, I But... There's just something about kind of having that. It felt like t- taken away, ripped away from you in such a way. And I will say again, Ivy's making her appearance. If you can hear noises in the background, um, it it did. I don't. It, it's different in that I was triple positive, right? So my cancer was really driven by all of these hormones. So even if I just don't, there's no way I could have <laughs> like had all of those hormones surging through my body, right. even if the treatment uh, hadn't put me into menopause, which mm-hmm. it did. At 26, I was in menopause. So, um, yeah, that's, that's how it started, right? So, we know that many of you listening uh, 
as far as your families and and some of the things you went through and in, in teaching and in, your kids might have been in elementary school, your kids might have been teenagers, or your kids yeah. might have been adults. Um, all we can tell is from our story and and what happened with our family. Um, but we are going to have some guests on in the future that are going to speak to yeah those other parts of how family were affected. So just so you know, those are coming. Yeah. Yeah, I have a couple of friends um, that also have MBC that they had kids at different ages and stages. So we, mm-hmm. we definitely want to have that conversation um, about that soon. Yeah. But Sydney was, I mean, she was so young. <laughs> and, and you went through treatment for about a year yep. um, after diagnosis. So Sydney ended up. Two, two and a half. Yeah. You know, still still two and a half year olds, you guys know. They're not asking a whole bunch of questions. No. They just roll with whatever punch. Well, yeah. a lot our kid, um, Sydney rolled with whatever we threw at her. And we threw you guys know going through treatment and the chaos of a year of almost nonstop w- with Heather's case. Um, that was Sydney's norm. It was her norm. And, and when it's your norm, you know what? Y- y- you roll with it. So. We talk about now about how maybe um, it made her independent <laughs> so quickly. Um, she's mm-hmm. all, you know, she's very independent. She's capable of doing so much. But there were times early on that it that kind of broke my heart. I had, um, yeah. do you remember the double mastectomy, right? Which is... Um, you have a 10 pound weight restriction for a long time for a long time. And I had a, you know, I think she was a 20 pound, (laughs) 20 pound daughter at the time. And she was still sleeping in a crib. And I remember we, we ended up teaching her how to climb in and out of her crib. And Mm -hmm. it, it makes me want to cry thinking about it. Like you, you you can't even pick up your daughter right in that way. Mm -hmm. She had no, she didn't care. She loved climbing in and out of her crib. Whatever, you know, cribs are to keep them in there. She's like, I got to exit. So whatever. But it's those things that are, you know, I think sometimes as parents, we maybe even overthink some of the things that kids can go through so easily. I do remember her one time, like picking up a bottle of something. I mean, again, not... Not unsupervised, but she she said, and she was like, mommy's medicine. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah. It just was tough. But, mm-hmm. but. And what, you know, maybe we should have Sydney on here to answer this, but yeah. at what age did she, did it really click? I, I don't think it was, was it like junior high? I don't know if it, <laughs> You know, our, I don't want to say I don't know if it's normal. ever yeah. really clicked. So of what you actually went through. Yeah. Yeah. We've yeah. We just we tried to keep things as normal as possible. Obviously, that was a little impossible during the treatment era, but after that, um, we did the best we can to to keep her life normal, even yeah. though we might have been in crisis mode. Yeah. Um, it's like with anything else, I think, with dealing with children, you try to, to shield them from the chaos. Yeah. And we probably did that many times. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, let's talk about number two. Okay. So, <laughs> not too long. Oh, my gosh. Those are our dogs that you can hear. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, they feel the need to move right now. Anyway, uh... Not long after the treatment. I don't even know how long after. 
How old were we? Oh, the well, the prop, the, it took so long. So It did. Okay, so yes, I remember that. <laughs> so the process, we, we decided we wanted to adopt. Well, yeah. Heather decided we wanted to adopt. <laughs> I was a little intimidated by that. Um for a lot of reasons, and I can't even really express to you, like, the reasons, but I, I don't know. What comes to the mind? Well, I mean, I want to take parenting very seriously. I want to do absolute best I possibly can, and and honestly, I do remember way back then thinking, there's no way, I feel like I'm, as a coach as a caregiver of somebody with cancer uh, and the rest, I feel like I'm giving all of my effort to Sydney and trying to do a good job there. Mm -hmm. And I, and I even felt like I was falling short there. And then to add another child, wait a minute, I can't do that. And, And I was scared of that. And obviously the obvious reasons is when your wife has stage four cancer, wait a minute, I'm going to, I could be doing this alone. Yeah. And, uh, I don't think, honestly, part A, what I just talked about of, I don't think I'm doing as good of a job as I feel like I could be doing. And then to add a second one, well, that is going to make it worse, not better. Yeah. I didn't get it, to be honest with you. I, I just didn't get it. But So I, before the adoption process we're talking about here, yeah. not, not during. So before that, that was my feelings. Once I wrapped my brain around the fact that I could do this and that we could do this and the challenges there, then then I was fine. Yeah. I remember the conversations a little bit, too. and just that So they, was I way off? No, I okay. think you're spot on, actually. Right. I just remember you thinking, I don't know how I can kind of expand to encompass another child. Yeah. Um, I remember thinking... Because I definitely was getting some pushback, and I'm not saying that I shouldn't get some pushback on trying to adopt a child at that point. But um, a lot of people are being, like, very mm, pessimistic about it. And my thought was kind of like, okay, but this child who has no parents, I mean, you know, does not have a home or whatever at this point will end up with a really great parent, even if I don't make it. The whole time. Like, and I know that's, I don't know. I just felt like I knew that he would be with a really great dad, you know. Well, and we both have really great families, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We had really good. Our parents, unbelievable and helpful. Yeah. And and we, they they weren't going to just, you know, eh, that's too bad. I mean, they're awesome and still to this day. Yeah. Yeah. So we did look into a lot of different ways for adoption we looked into foster care we actually got um certified or whatever to be foster parents and i really didn't like that and i'm glad because just the idea of taking somebody in and truly as yours and and okay we're gonna do it and then they leave it's so just hard. It's such not a, it's in such, my brain. Such I, a gift that people give yes. to be foster parents. Yes. I will say on the flip side of that, we've we've had a lot of teenagers come and go. Yes. <laughs> so we just unofficially did it uh, later in life. But um, yeah, so we, we decided to pursue adoption, not knowing exactly where we were going to, what that was going to lead to. And I remember 
um, kind of reaching out to a bunch of adoption agencies and saying, would you work with somebody who has breast cancer? And okay, wait, how long after your treatment was this? It wasn't long. I Probably within two and a half or three years, I'd okay. say. All right. So I was still, still scanning on a regular basis. We were still, um, you know, we were still sort of in it, mm -hmm. but I had been fairly stable throughout that. So, mm -hmm. um, so the beginning process there, don't you talk about that? Well, so I, <laughs> I ended up sending an email to like a bunch of adoption agencies and um, asking them if they would work with somebody who had breast cancer. And I got one response that I'll never forget. That was basically that said, um, would you consider adopting a baby boy from India? And we, I had kind of filled out a questionnaire. So they knew that we were ideally looking for a boy since we had a girl and somebody younger. <laughs> Ivy is going to be in the video here soon. Um, and so that response was just like, well, yeah, yeah, of course I would be, I would consider that, you know. And then when did the pictures come? Oh gosh, you're shortly just, after that. Oh no, you're like no. Oh, I'm way down the road. You're Sorry. way down the road. So, okay. I, I'll just say we we started the adoption process in January 2001, and the reason I know that is because that's actually Ty was born in January of 2001. Um, we were matched with him in January of 2002. It was a whole. It was a whole year later. Um, we had, and 9-11 and had happened during that process. Mm -hmm. So adoption is a roller coaster. It, a, international adoption is uh, adds another level to that. Um, we had gone through the whole uh, process to do the home review. I can't remember what that's yeah. called. And home study and all of that kind of stuff. Um it, it, it was really a process. Things were happening in India where our adoption agency was working with. Um, India and Pakistan were. Yeah, India. And so 9-11 happens. India and Pakistan, you know, are not getting along. All of these things were, that you've never considered in your life are all of a sudden like really, really right on top of you, right? Mm -hmm. So um, so January 2002, we actually, our agency uh, made some ties with a different orphanage and they matched us with this little boy who we named Ty. He was one year old at the time. They sent us pictures. Um, and that's when it became real to me. Yeah. Before, I, I was just appeasing you. <laughs> Truly, I, I, I was. I was just going along with it because this is what you wanted to do. And I'm like, all right. And then the pictures came and it was like, oh, man. And it and that's that's when everything changed for me. It was like, wow, this is cool. Yeah. yeah. So that um, it's it's interesting that you kind of go on so little information, um, but we said yes to him, and uh, in June of that year, June of two thousand and two, I was actually turning thirty, and for my thirtieth birthday, I my two best friends, Katie and Christy, and I walked, uh, and it used to be an Avon three day. So that was the uh, 20 miles a day for three days, um, raising money for breast cancer, blah, blah, blah. 
But um, we did that on my birthday weekend, and the, the third day of that was Father's Day. So it couldn't have been more, I don't know. And just, that's when we got the news. So that's right. so literally I'm walking into Chicago our last, probably our last mile or two of this 60-mile walk, and I get a phone call, and it's um, our adoption coordinator saying that he was ready, that we could we could come and get him. So, or we could figure it out from there. So that was really cool. Yeah, that was cool. <clears throat> she wanted to call because it was Father's Day. So that's when we got the news on that. And then um, it does, <laughs> it's still not quite that quick and fast, but he came home um, the end of July of that year. So um, we decided as parents that my mom and I would go to India and that you would stay home with Sydney. We didn't want, I there I think there was a few things, but I didn't I didn't want us to meet him without her, and we, I just kind of wanted, you know, it it just made more sense I think to leave. Well, it just it's so hard to take Sydney. Yeah, you know that right. that was just such another hurdle. That, yeah, and yeah, and realism is football. Yeah, <laughs> that's when football camps are. That's when I mean it sounds horrible when I say it out loud. <laughs> Jeez, oh, Pete's. But <laughs> it was the reality is when you're a head football coach, you, you have responsibilities yeah. and I have to be there. Yeah. So we, that's, that's how, that's how Ty yeah. came home. Um, just as a, <laughs> like a million stories, but he, um, when we picked him up at the uh, adoption or at the orphanage, my mom and I went to the orphanage and uh, we went in. And they had us sit down. We were with a social worker. And before I could even meet him, they had us, like, sit in this little room. And, like, it was, like, to, like, greet us or something. And they gave us a bottle of Coke and something else. And it was, like, it was warm because it's India, whatever. And um, <laughs> and I was thinking, how fast can I drink this Coke so I can meet this kid? Like, let me meet him, please, please, please. Um, but then we went in and... They did a little ceremony. They put him in my arms. He was scared to death. He couldn't look at me. He, um, it was all just kind of surreal, right? Like, and, and then it, not unlike when you have your own child, they, like, you walk out the door with these, with them. Like, same thing as, you know, when we had a baby, we couldn't believe, like, the hospital just let us go. Like, take this child home. We were not qualified. <laughs> and Jeez. I think that's what every new parent thinks is like, yeah. whoa. <laughs> Wait a second. Um, but Ty, Ty uh, hadn't been out of the orphanage. And so he, in India, oh my goodness, the cars and the, just the noise and everything else. So he was just enamored with what was happening outside of his window. And he literally, again, no car seats, uh, stood on my lap and held on to the handle and just looked out the window as yeah. we went back. But... He, um, the next day when he, uh, the next day he called me mama. So it was really a, a bittersweet thing. And it felt like he just walked right into our lives. Yeah. <laughs> it took him a minute to walk into yours. Yeah. He didn't want to talk to me. He didn't want to look at me. I wasn't allowed to look at him. <laughs> he didn't like that. 
He had not been around men. There were only the the doctor was a man, and and there was one like kind of the the founder of the orphanage was a man. So he really hadn't been around men. But yeah. we always joke around that we he he bonded over um, jet ski. Yeah, I put skis. him on a jet ski, and from then on, he's like, "All right, this guy will do." This kid loves yep. motors. He yep. always has. <laughs> if yep. He can drive it. He'll do it. So, and now he's uh, twenty one years old and doing awesome and. Mm -hmm. uh the song you hear i don't know when at yeah the end. at the end at a little end, bit at the beginning and at the he's end he's a musician um and very good at it so yeah. pretty proud of him yeah so i just let's talk a little bit i mean so it it just kind of cancer was a part of our lives with them growing up yeah. we never tried to hide anything but we also were not going to share any of the stress or anxiety with them so you know, um, and that's a choice I think parents make. We just chose not to give specific, real details. Like yeah. if there was a a no shit moment or something, yeah. we weren't going to tell them about it. No, you know, there's no reason to, and and we wouldn't do that with anything in our lives that that's big like that until maybe yeah. we had a handle on it yeah. or or knew more information, and then we 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 shared and, and brought them in on it. But mm -hmm. most of the time, even on those, they were like, all right. I mean, they were, yeah. they were growing up. They were, they, yeah. they had other issues. So, yeah, yeah. They, I think they care now. Now it's a different story, you know. Now they're adults, and you know that in, those information that information or, or a a moment that that would be you know changing that it would be different now. Yeah, I think them. so. I mean, I you know there were times that I would have a surgery or something like that. Um, I've had a lot of surgeries over the years. Um, you know, again, we just kind of kept it low key and, mm -hmm. and kept them kind of out of a lot of it. Right. Yeah. And that was our choice. I don't know what the right thing to do is. And, and people have commented, you know, wanted to know kind of what we did with, with family and that kind of stuff. Um, that's just what we did. Yeah. Um, so, you know, outside of it, our parents is were also our family and and helped us out with with a lot of things. And whether that just be, watching Sydney was mm -hmm. huge yeah. from our parents, um, but not only that, it's just the 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 meals and the other things, and they they are just stopping by to to help out or clean yeah, the house. Yeah, I think or there's a lot of things. things. Yeah. I mean, I mean, again, all the research that my mom did. Um, to be up on treatment and know what was happening and things like that was really helpful. Um, I mean, they helped us financially at times. That's oh, you yeah. know for sure. Yeah, I'm about that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's you know, it's hard. All there's so much that goes on during that time. So we were we were fortunate that they. We're able to do that with us. So. Yeah, honestly, we we just we're so lucky. I mean, they they were always a phone call away, mm -hmm. and I say that because I know not everybody's in that boat, and not everybody either mm -hmm. has that support or has living parents. Yeah, um, we're in that stage now where we both lost a parent, and and that does change things. And yeah. you know, if we were going through that now, that it would be a a different environment. Yeah, and, and so yeah. We got lucky in a lot of ways. Yeah. So I remember a story. I remember one time. I don't know. How how old do you think Ty was? Maybe 
I don't know, 10-ish, 12, I, maybe. Anyway, I was at home one night and um, Larry and the kids were doing something at school. So I'm guessing they were, you know, in that early high school to middle school-ish age because they, they would, it was so easy for them to be with you. And, mm -hmm. and then anyway, one night Ty comes flying in the living room and he says, Mom, Dad says you're a freak. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, hmm, well. Yeah. Where are you going with this? <laughs> so do you want to continue with that? I just, you know, in explaining her to other people or to to my kids or whatever, I, there's just, there's a level of respect. Uh, there's a level of awe that I have for her in what she went through and I got to witness it firsthand in, in her going through the stuff. And I don't know, or I'm pretty sure I couldn't have done what she's done. And so I just started calling her a freak, you know, and she's a freak in a good way. Uh, that, you know, how she is able to do all the, and just the little things too. It's just, you're a freak. I don't know. What do you want to add to that? No, I just want I just thought it was funny. I mean, I, I think it was the first time that Ty was really considering that that cancer was really a part of yeah, our and lives. And I think I no, you don't understand. Yeah. You know, had that conversation yeah, with yeah. him. And I again, it would be fun to have both of them on at some time. Uh, Ty will tell you that he is um glad for the cancer or in a way because he said you know we wouldn't be the family we are right. without it so yeah. i appreciate that perspective from him you mm -hmm. know and um and it's yeah it's been good that way but for sure so i think let's just end a little bit like talking about um I mean, I think there always has been concerns about like what our kids have had to process and kind of what the weight of cancer um, has been on them, you know, over Especially time. Especially for Sydney. Yeah. Yep. With the genetic, you know, yeah. the, it's, and that's real. And yeah. she is at a higher risk Yeah. because, because she's cancer. Because she's Yeah, right. And it's, that's just the truth. And yeah. um, that's hard. It is hard. You know, to put that on your child uh, yeah. to have this this worry or or a greater chance of even though we know with heather getting cancer she had none of the genetic things and none of the the whatever it's called you know the things that we do in life had none of those she answered no to every question yet still got yeah. stage four cancer so i don't know what it means uh but they they watch her and she's being followed now and yeah so Sydney started in a high-risk clinic mm -hmm. um, when she was like 18 years old. So it is one of those things where you have to kind of pass on um, the stress of of that a little bit in a time that's, I don't know. I don't know if she was ready really at 18. She's a pretty responsible, mature kid, but um, I'm glad they're doing it, you know. And then we just try to weigh out the, the ins and outs. And of course, you know, with a... A young woman the first it feels like she's had a couple of not really scares but just where they they kind of do a test and want to do another test and it's like oh lord that feeling is just so horrible right mm -hmm. but she she's handled it well and and I'm really um, glad that she has the opportunity to be in high-risk clinic 
and be followed in a way. And it's it's kind of just uh, serendipity, but one of the PAs that was with my doctor for a long time is now with her doctor. So yeah. we love that that she knows both of us. And, and so um, that's been a good thing. But I think there is some some stress for sure about what your kids have, have taken away from. And from I know the there's talk about is that the right thing to do or not? Should you just be mindful? Do you have to be in a high-risk clinic or those kind of things? That's just what we chose or she chose, really. I mean, um, she could stop doing that and stop being followed any day she wanted to. But yeah. Ooh, I don't know how that set with me. <laughs> no, I know. But I also, you know, I, I understand the other side of that is why put yourself through a, a stress of tests and those kind of things when when you're really just dealing with a percentage. And yeah. We all no. know how percentages are. Right. I right. agree. I, I, I think we're probably being overly cautious, right, yes. in this respect. Yes. And, and, yep. and there are pros and cons to it. There definitely so, are. Yeah. But we just, yeah, wanted to tell you a little bit about our family, Mm -hmm. what we look like. Yep. (laughs) All right. Till the next episode. She is still here. Oh, man, he throws it a different way every time. (laughs) And so am I. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still here. After all these years, after all these tears I shed I'm still here, and I'm walking this earth like I should be There was days that I didn't know if I would be Yeah, yeah. Now I stand tall with my feet in the ground and my head in the clouds Cause I'm still here like I should be Yeah, yeah, like I knew that I could be Here we go, here we go I'm still here I'm here Hey everyone, I hope you love this episode of I'm Still Here and I wouldn't want you to miss out on what comes next. So be sure to rate, review, and follow this show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast, especially if you found it helpful. We need all the shares, likes, stars, and love we can get. We'd also love to hear from you. Leave your comments and questions, and we'll incorporate them into future episodes. Have a great day.